Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. BJ Howes Metalland, the coast tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Good morning. We're coming to you live from BJ Howes Meadowland at Lizaro. We absolutely love it here. We've done shows here for a couple of decades and we're back this morning and this is going to be awesome, Buttes. We've got so many great guests joining us, but how good is it to be back at BJ's? Oh, I love it here. And you know what? They've actually supplied us with a little toolkit that we get to play with at some stage. It's Josh, not, just, not just a toolkit. No. It's, it's Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee. And Josh had it going before and there was noises coming out of that thing that I've never heard and wow I was a little bit pumped yeah you want to be careful yeah <laughs> you know what, what I do know is they've taken the grinder thing or the sharp bit off the angle grinder so we don't have any injuries today you sound so technical hey, yeah, yeah. I, I've got to say this about BJ's one of our other major sponsors uh, and we thank them so much for their support Robson Civil Projects they told me through the week that they've probably oh. been one of the best clients of BJ Howes ever since they've been in, in existence. So they're two legendary Central Coast companies helping each other. Working in collaboration. How good is it? They're just helping each other. And uh, you know what? BJ Howes Meadowland, I'm actually, I've got to say, I'm looking for the barbecue. Is it around somewhere? <laughs> Can I smell it? Is it anywhere? And we did move a motion, uh, Jess oh. Grimwood, that we'd have Carnivale. So we'd yeah. have some Brazilians here. Yeah, they must be late. I think they, maybe they're prepping themselves. <laughs> that was the your dancers. job, Jess. Yeah. That was your job. <laughs> hey, they're coming. Like a halftime show, maybe. Yeah, it's great to see you guys. And, uh, you know, it's a very, very special day. And uh, we've lined up uh, Stevie Wonder to perform this morning for the guy alongside <laughs> me, Michael Butner. Let's roll in some Stevie. Ah, beautiful. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you, mate. Thank you. What are you, mate? 48? 48 today, and Steve Wonder is about as blind as I am right now. Yeah, and uh, you know, we've we've lined up a a pretty well-known band, four-piece band out of Liverpool. Yeah. How about we roll these guys in for Butes' birthday? Let's get this one cracking on this Saturday morning. Here we go. Everyone clap along. It's your birthday. Long lead-in coming up here. Oh, here go. <laughs> Just keep clapping for the next 20 seconds. <laughs> About to get to the chorus. Here we go. All together now for Michael Butner. 48 today. Sing along. They went okay. How good. How good. I, I still miss George Harrison and John Lennon, of course. Of course. Hey, let's get down to business. So, Nicola McDermott will join us in our second hour. Wow. <clears throat> Olympic silver medalist from Tokyo in the high jump, clearing 202. Mogul Matty Graham, silver medalist in Pyeongchang. He's about to leave on Monday to head off to Sweden. Are we worthy? Uh, That's not... a star studded lineup. Just there. Stop. Stop the show right now. Yeah. 
And, and Butte's about to join us right now from the North Sydney Bears, their chairman. How about you introduce our first guest? Yeah, the our chairman is uh, the chairman of the North Sydney Bears, Daniel Dixon. He was actually part of the club. He's been part of the club for probably about 25 years, twenty, maybe even 30 years. He was my... Uh, trainer when I was there playing and he's gone on the bigger and better things and Daniel Dixon has come out earlier this week and declared that the Bears are back and they want to make a statement. Dicko, are you there? Michael, happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much, my friend. Thank you very much. And mate, look, great news to see that the Bears are still alive. They've been playing in the New South Wales Cup for the last, well, for plenty of years now, but um, it's great to see that uh, with the announcement of the Dolphins coming into the NRL competition, the 17th team, that the Bears are still alive and cracking and looking for an opportunity to get back into the uh, the NRL competition. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. It's been, a, it's been a great sort of two years for the NRL. However, the last 12 months has been pretty challenging and we, uh, we had this idea for a fair while, but we obviously just wanted to sit on the sidelines and make sure that the 17th team announcement was uh, successful first. And we actually had plans to... to delay this and bring this out in a couple of months time but other people started to talk about it and I think there's nothing worse than uh, people starting to talk about your plan and I think there's no better team for the 18th team in the NRL in my mind and um, with our 113 rich year heritage uh, you know I think it's really important to get it out there. I think when you talk about you know you can bring new teams in but they don't have the history you can't buy that. You can't create that. It's one of those things that, you know, the North Sydney Bears are a foundation club and have been around for 113 years. So that in itself has to have some value when you're looking at it from the NRL's perspective. And I guess the other big thing, Dicko, talk to me about the number of um, supporters that the, the club has because it far outreaches um, most other clubs that are playing in the NRL competition at the moment. Yeah, as you said, mate, with uh, the 113-year history, we're, we're going to have a following there. In 2018, we undertook a study with those 220,000 avid Bears fans to basically been out of the game for a while. They've been following us in the New South Wales Cup. Uh, and to me, I, I feel we're de-risking the, the growth strategies of the NRL. We all want to see the great game survive. We want to see it grow and get bigger and better. Uh, most importantly, we want to see it do it in a non-fundable way. And I think our corporate offering, our financial backing we have, uh, the people but they're our greatest asset. And you can't produce that history and heritage overnight. I've said it in a season or two. You cannot produce what we do in 113 years. Uh, Daniel, Steve Allen here, mate. Great to have you on the show. I, I think I heard Thanks, part of the business plan, and is that to play games at North Sydney, but also take games to regional New South Wales where they're crying out for rugby league? Yeah, absolutely. I, I keep saying it's our heartland. I mean, the, the opportunities need to be very evident, very clear. The pathways for players to come through uh, connection with those local areas, I think, is really important. We will always be the North Sydney Bears. Now, don't forget that the Bears logo has been updated this week, and, and it's simply the Bears and the red and black. And we brought in our original um, logo of, of and the 1908 as the foundation club's establishment year. And so we're not forgetting that. But what we want to do is is be mindful of the game, and those who are most flexible and agile, I think, will be the survivors in, in the coming rugby league years. So the most important thing we've done is put a case forward, or we will be putting a case forward that has four to six games at North Sydney Oval, and after that we'll take it on the road to whether it's Wagga Wagga, uh, Dubbo, Coffs Harbour, Central Coast. I mean, you guys are such a rich rugby league heartland and, and been producing, especially for the Bears, uh, phenomenal players for years and years. And this is not just about taking a game there, but I think some people have been confused about that. 
This is about creating connections there and us doing great work in the community to ensure that those people have more than just one game a year. This is a connection and a pathway through to the City Club. Dicko, I've got to say, mate, is this, you know, from a gambling point of view, is this an all-in from the Bears? Like, there's been a lot of discussion in and around the Bears coming back for the last 20 years because it's been a long time since we've seen them. But is this a case where, you know what, we're going all-in here, this is our best shot, and we're going to have a real good crack at it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people have been saying the Bears have had many chances in the past, and I don't disagree with that. This is a format that no one has ever put forward to the rugby league before, ever. Um, I think it's exciting because I think what Peter and his team has done with the NRL has just been revolutionary. Uh, You look what they gave us last year in the year of lockdown and COVID. Uh, We are trying to channel that thought process and really add to the game. At the end of the day, we would be 118 to their success. I just think we'd do it very, very well. How do you think it's been received by the NRL? How do you think it's been received by the public over the last couple of days, this announcement? Obviously, you know, we're all aware that 17 teams probably doesn't quite work for the NRL, right? They're gonna, there's going to be a bite, you know, throughout the mm. season. And most people will just want to see, you know, even numbers when it comes to the competition. So it obviously makes sense. Um, when you look at some of the competition, you know, there's discussion around Perth, there's discussion around uh, New Zealand team. I don't think we're going to go yeah. with a fifth Queensland team. Mid-North Queensland? Oh, Central Queensland as, remember, we crossed live to Ash Gavinlock. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one of the things I loved about this season was some of the games that we saw in those regional areas. Like, I really love the games in Mackay and Rockhampton. Uh, and it sounds like that's the model the Bears are going for. Is that correct, Dicko? Yeah, it is. Uh, but also, I think Tony Murphy and the guys at the Dolphins are going to do that. I think they'll also take regional Queensland on and, and give the people more football. They saw that this year. Uh, we are definitely doing that. Uh, I think, let me answer the Michael's question first. The fans have taken this like duck to water. Uh, this has been very well received. Um, I don't normally like to sleep much anyway, but i tell you what, in the last few days, uh, I've my, my voice has been challenged. I've done a lot of interviews. Uh, and, and, and I'm really glad to say that everyone's on board. But you're going to get people that think this is another bit. This is not another bit. We'll prove that very soon. Um, this is a very sound structure. I think it makes sense, number one. Uh, we are thinking primarily of the, of the game, the NRL, and, and our people. Um, we already have the people, so we don't have to scratch around for them. I think mm. the other places like Perth and Wellington, they've got to build a lot more than just... Uh, than just a club. They've got to build a following, and we've got that in spades. Uh, our people are there, and as for the NRL, I'm hoping they see it in the way we're intending it. Uh, we are just there as the option. They, they will be the final judge and the call, and I just want to make sure that when the options are there, uh, the red and black, and our 113-year history, heritage, and heart is just following them, or really leading the way, uh, but making sure we're the best option for them. You know, I, I love the Bears. Yeah, like, like Most everyone. Do. I, I'm one yeah, of those. Yeah. I'm one of those 220,000 people. And uh, also, I love watching you Buttes play with one of the greatest teams ever assembled. That mm. were so unlucky not to reach a grand final and win one. Probably one of the best teams ever that didn't win a grand mm. final. Let me throw a curveball at you and also Dicko. Do you ever see the point in the NRL where we've got relegation? Because you and I both love the Premier League in England. We also love the Super League. And we see that they've got, uh, they've got relegation over there. Do you see that happening at some stage down the track? I've got to say, I can't see it happening just based on the fact that I don't think we've got the calibre of player or the quality of player to be able to end the quality of the competition to be able to do that. Because that could be a pathway back for the Bears. It could, it could well be. But I look at, you know, Dicko touched on the fact that, you know, we've got 113 years of history. We've also got... 
the foundations of, and, and I want you to touch on this, Dico, when you yeah. look at the pathways, the development pathways that they've got, they're basically a club. They're basically an NRL club. With, that doesn't have an NRL team. Yeah. Like they've got everything else in place. And a great women's program. Yeah. Correct. They've got, and uh, I want you to touch on that, Tico, just about... Yeah. Know, we've got all the you way from my line, Math- Matthews, Ball, <laughs> Flegg. I, t- I tell you, Dico, Butes is off to a flying start, yeah. considering yeah, yeah, yeah. he came straight from the Crown Plaza <laughs> to this radio show. <laughs> I think well, it's some I, of his I, best I, work, actually. <laughs> well, I, I must say, I've had the pleasure of seeing uh, Michael at large in the last 30 years, and... I actually wonder if this whole campaign wasn't organised by him because every footage last night we're on, we're on Fox Sports uh, News and today again and uh, two of the final the opening and the closing is Michael scoring the corner at North Sydney Able when we beat uh, the Roosters 18-19 I can't help think that uh, he's organised it yeah. All right, and, and I can't wait until I become the first signing for the club either. <laughs> cannot wait. So just, just touching back on what Michael said, I think pathways is very important. I'm really passionate about it, but it actually starts one layer down from bats and ball even. Yeah, we've got a local junior league that's had double-digit growth in the last four to five years, even in these times of COVID. And uh, we've got under sixes through to A grades. We've got um, uh, league tag being played. We've got the girls' competition started very heavily with an amazing uptake. This year is the first time we've actually we're completing our female pathways with our Lisa Fiola and Tasha Gale um, heading into our Harvey Norman women's side. And to Michael's point, we are actually an NRL side, NRL club, just without an NRL side. So to me, all those foundation buildings, the followings there, uh, the people already are coming out of the woodwork from corporate, the corporate sponsorship side of things. Have, you know, our inquiries in the last sort of few days have been crazy, and this is only the start of it. We haven't even got a formal bid underway yet. And Daniel, you've got one thing that could get you over the line. I think it really is your trump card. You haven't played it yet. But at North Sydney, you've got a multiple premiership winning Central Coast coach in Tony Clark. The man we like to call <laughs> the we like to call him the benchmark. <laughs> well, I was I was I had the pleasure of being Tony Clark's trainer years and years ago. Um, the, the great man is just like a good red wine. He's just matured with age. And uh, he he's our he's our SG ball coach this year, which is fantastic. Yeah, great news, mate. Look, you know what? We are so excited about, you know, the possibilities that could hopefully lead to the Bears getting back into the NRL competition. Dicko, we thank you very much for your time this morning, mate. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Most importantly, I really appreciate the support of all the Central Coast people. You have, for a very, very long time, been the heart and soul of the North Sydney Bears and re- really led into our um, the expansion possibilities here. Uh, I know the, new, the Central Coast people are right behind us, so thank you very much. Yeah, pleasure. Daniel Dixon joining us, chairman of the North Sydney Bears and the push for the Bears to be the 18th team. Bring back the red and black. Yeah. Bring back the red and black. You sound like you're uh, like a, a political well, slogan there. Yes. Well, let's you know, hope so. We do whatever we can. Like they, You could develop a pamphlet like ScoMo. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, and then, well, let's hope not. Head to Glasgow. Because he, he didn't look good yesterday, ScoMo, I've got to tell you. Hey, uh, you know how you're always running late for the show? No, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Yeah, you know how you show up like one minute before showtime? Uh-huh. I went to the streets this week with a microphone and I caught up with this guy who, I won't identify who it is, but I had some intel on why you're always late for the show. Yeah, I hear that Michael Butin is a bit more worried about the box than the body than um, maybe, you know, the radio show. Yeah, right. So little time on the show and more time on the physique and trying to turn himself into some kind of Adonis. Yes, I would say so. But in saying that, he is very good on the radio, but 
I'm sure he's saying he's very good in the boxing too and the physique. Yeah. Is, is that the narc? Is that the narc? Or is that my mate, Bluey? So, so there we go, mate. So too much time on the physique and the boxing. Like, are you training with Jai Opatai or what's happening? No, mate. No, 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 no. I'm not doing a poor go and thinking I can get back in the ring. I just uh, enjoy uh, throwing the gloves every now and then. Saturday morning is my time, but... I didn't find myself up this morning. That's what I do know. What about the 100 burpees? When are they going to happen? Live That'll from happen. BJ House? <laughs> Possibly. I need to get them done at some stage, but uh, maybe a little, little bit later in the afternoon. Hey, we're live from BJ House this morning. Uh, 9.30 this morning, Matt Graham will join us, Winter Olympics silver medalist. Jess, I can't wait for mm. Rachel Tilly. Tell us more about her. Yeah, Rach. She's originally a Californian, but she's residing in Australia now. She married an Aussie who's actually a massive Demons fan. He, mm. um, they've been right into the AFL last season but yeah right she's won a world title she's the youngest world champ for longboarding ever and she works with the wsl now and there's a lot of stuff going on for her and she's big advocate for women's surfing yeah i love it we'll tell you in a moment too about the uh, redemption deals on milwaukee at bj house by the way do you want the bears back now i think that's a no-brainer we all love the bears text line is 0477 736 736 that's 0477 736 736 i've got to tell you i reckon that's going to be our most popular question People are going to be sending in text left, right, and centre. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Bears jerseys around lately. Yeah, too, don't worry, they're back. Bring them back. Yeah. yeah, this is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Meadowland, the Coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, beautiful Saturday morning. A little cloudy and windy, but uh, awesome to be at BJ Howes. Uh, Steve and Danielle running the show here. In fact, Danielle, Danielle is lurking close by. Oh, look let's, at it go. Let's get her straight on the air. Now, uh, tell us about these Milwaukee deals and the redemption deals. Uh, these are the hot, hot favourites today. Tell us more. Um, well, there's certainly a lot of deals on here today with the Milwaukee. These ones have just been launched um, in October and they run for uh, for a little while, but you've got to get in quick. You can buy things like a, a three-piece kit, which will, you know, get you everything you need. And then that comes with a, uh, a Camelback hydration pack. So that's going to be good. Yes. So what happens? You buy this and you get that for free, the Camelback. Yeah, 100% free. Wow. So. so this is when you decide to go and run like a marathon through, uh, like the Great North Walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're going to go through the and you need the Camelback, which will uh, give you nutrition all the way from Sydney to Newcastle. Gotcha. Or if you do the Coolangatta Gold. What about the... Four- hey, Danielle, by the way, you're excellent at this. You are. Oh, I don't know about that. What about the six-piece power pack? Look at that thing. And, and what do you get when you buy that? Oh, I don't know. I can't read it because my eyes aren't that good. Danielle. What do we get, Danielle? So Talk that's the laminate trimmer. The laminate trimmer. What do you do with one of those? That and is talk an to him. Question. Talk to him like someone that left the Crown Plaza half an hour ago. <laughs> Maybe some roofing. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, Danielle and Steve that run the show here, oh. they're also doing a fundraiser for the Westpac Rescue Helicopter. Is that correct? And can you tell us more? Yeah, absolutely. So Steve and I are part of a team that are. Um, raising money for the Westpac Rescue Helicopter Service, which obviously provides um, a lot of vital care for people, um, whether they're sick, injured, etc. It's a totally free service, so they uh, really rely on, on the donations of, of the community to, to support them. Um, they're running a base-to-base challenge at the moment, which is coming to the end um, of of the month, So, and, and that's when it does finish up. And you can... Um, 
We've been travelling 1,386 kilometres across the course of the, the month, either walking, running, riding and raising funds along the way. So each of the, the bases for the Westpac Rescue Helicopter um, located around New South Wales, that's the total kilometres between them all. So our team collectively is working to cover those and we've actually smashed that. So. Yeah, I, I tell you what, it means one thing. It means standing, a standing ovation. And you know what, I do know, and I've been fortunate enough to be at the BJ Howes Meadowland Race Day um, MC that for the last three or four years. And, MC Hammer. Uh, MC Hammer, yeah. But they have, uh, you know, they're great supporters of the Westpac Helicopter Rescue, and I know that they do a great job there. And I, Steve and Danielle uh, do an amazing job, and Steve has been running endlessly throughout the month of uh, October. He certainly has. Yeah, he's been pounding the pavement. I've seen him down at Terrigal doing his laps and whatever else. Hey, Just a quick hello and off he goes. Keeps running. He's like Forrest Gump. Danielle, uh, what, what about this legendary business? Like, uh, we spoke before about Robson Civil Projects as well. Just, you know, they're a third-generation business that date back to the 50s and 60s. We remember coming here. I mean, this is incredible now, but we remember when this was a couple of sheds uh, with a gravel road that led to this business and it's just gone through a metamorphosis. Oh, absolutely. We've been um, on this particular site for, for 40 years and wow. being a family-owned business um, the, the whole way through and, and Mick and Dave uh, still own um, the business, which is run by Steve as well now. Um, and we've just uh, definitely grown and we've got three sites in our northwest area as well as a new store up at Cardiff and our Charmhaven store and Lizero here on the coast. So, so we're also at Tamworth, Gunnedah and Armadale. Armadale. Yeah. Which is just phenomenal, yeah. far-reaching. and I, I tell you, I love great business stories. Danielle, so nice to see you. Apart from the Milwaukee deals, what else? Uh, do you want to come back and give us a, another super special a little later this hour? Sure. Yeah, beautiful. Great yeah, job. Good, Zach. Great job, Danielle. Hey, uh, Butes, I've got uh, a text here through to the hotline. Yep. Now, uh, when we used to be on 2GO, Dave Brown. Brownie mm. would join us every week with his, with his horse racing tips. Do you remember that year that <laughs> me and him went head-to-head? <laughs> Because I had no idea with the races. Uh, you beat him, didn't you? I think, well, it was pretty close. It was, no. For a guy that was an expert, he didn't go so well. Yeah, but, I mean, that happens. You, yeah, have, a, no. you have a dry run every now and then. What? There is a drought. What, for 12 months? You yeah. have a dry run. But on a weekend like this, we desperately need Brownie. And oh. I think the SEN audience, the SEN audience would love Brownie. We just had earlier... Daniel Dixon from the North Sydney Bears, and we're talking about bring back the Bears. Are we talking about bring back Brownie? Triple B. Triple B. Let's bring him back. Yeah. Now, uh, he's, given me, uh, he's given me a couple of uh, sure things. Sure things, oh, Sydney, dear. race six, Mask Crusader. Best we'll, bet of the day. We will say game we're responsible. Best bet of the day, Mask Crusader. Sydney, race seven, I'm thunderstruck. Now, that's to win. Mm. I'm thunderstruck. His derby tip in Melbourne is a real big price who failed last start, unsuitable track, back to a big track. Brownie thinks he'll turn it around. So this is cheerful moment. Could start at around 60 to 1. Oh, wow. Cheer Get on that. Cheerful moment at around 60 to 1. At this stage, is Melbourne Cup tip, and this is for some listeners on the Gold Coast. My sister Suzanne. Oh. She just sent me a message on the hotline. Steve-O. Bring back the beers. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with some tips. <laughs> Grand Promenade. Uh, just over a, just over favourite incentivise. And Brownie says incentivise could be anything. But he's going for Grand Promenade in the big race on Tuesday. We spoke about incentivise last week and what a performance it was in the Caulfield Cup. And 
it's going to be hard to beat you got to say like just it did it so effortlessly and it just looked you know so far ahead of every other horse out there hey guys uh, one of my greatest highlights in sport in the last couple of years Matt Graham winning silver oh. in Pyeongchang we're about to go to the news we'll come back in a moment and talk to Matt Graham, mogul silver medalist. Rachel Tilly is coming up as well, long, longboard world champion. What, we're less than 100 days away from the Winter Olympics. Yeah, that's right? incredible, isn't it? Yeah. In, uh, in Beijing, at the moment, Matt Graham is ranked number one in the world. And local boy, so humble. While he's been competing around the world, he also completed a double degree at Newcastle University. You, you know what? The thing about it is, and we've had a close connection with the Graham family for years now because of the the Nika Clark Foundation but you remember I remember where we were that night that he won that medal it was just phenomenal it was like it was our own kid yes you know going down those slopes and yeah you know, he was he had the Central Coast right behind him and in that sport so many of the favorites crashed out mm. so you know there was a hot shot from Japan who yeah a bit of high pressure stakes right yeah and, and that's a sport where you can choose what alley you go down and uh, Matty, it was absolutely perfect. He was in the gold medal position with Who, one one man left to come, Mikhail Kingsbury. The great Mikhail. Well, the greatest of all time. Correct. Yeah. And you know what? Suddenly we're at a point now where is it Matt's time to shine? Yeah. Let's go to the news. We'll come back in a moment with the world number one and Olympic silver medalist, Matt Graham, next on Saturdays on the Coast. BJ Howes Metalland, the Coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, we're back live from BJ Howes. I love being at BJ's, and don't forget they've got all these redemption specials on Milwaukee. Matt Graham coming up in a few moments. Rachel Tilly as well. What's happening in the world of surfing at the moment, Jess? Uh, last week we saw, when we went to air, Molly Picklam mm. was doing well in France. Uh, yeah. Tell us what unfolded. Well, there's there's been this resurgence of the Aussie um, camaraderie and that whole um, band of Aussie competitors um, jumping together and supporting each other. And with that, after you watch Molly's heat, India Robertson, an Aussie from Vico, actually took second place. So she took runner-up. She's looking now to be in qualification position. And then Connor O'Leary, um, from, he's originally from Cronulla. He took out the men's. So he's looking to re-qualify as well. So we're having a big resurgence. I've got to say, is this on the back of, you know, you talk about this camaraderie amongst the Australian surfers. Is mm. this on the back of what happened at the Olympics? And, and mm. I think when you look at what those guys were able to do there, the likes of Steph Gilmore. Mm. Who's, yeah. who's the other girl? Um, yeah, Sally Fitz. <laughs> Sally Fitz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, went Joel, right. I was I went just right. about to say this Julia is your Wilson. Best. Yeah, yeah, this is where you're coming through. You're helping me out here, throwing me a bone. Because <laughs> so um, I'm so big, I'm a surfer. Yeah. But what they, you know, they were almost the catalyst mm. for what can come further down the track here in terms of that camaraderie. And, and yeah. I think you've also seen it with other nations and what they're doing their surfers and how they've come closer together yeah so they they used to have um they used to have it quite a bit like back in the 90s and i don't know if you remember a guy called the hog nathan hedge he was super into it he'd watch every aussie's heat no matter if he was um aversing them later on or not he'd be wearing this big aussie flag and they were all a big really really tight-knit team even though it's an individual sport yep. then the brazilians made this huge storm over the last 10 years and the aussies went kind of their separate ways and they've been really focusing on like kind of like a selfish kind of perspective in the sport so now it's just come back i think the surfing australia has really been pumping up 
that um, team mentality since the Olympics. I think he's spot on. We're live from BJ Howes Meadowland on this Saturday morning. BJ Howes Meadowland, tools, steel, gas, your Milwaukee tools destination. Hey, we're about to go live to the Gold Coast, Jess. Oh, and we've got, uh, let's fire this up first. <laughs> let's, see if, let's see if Butes can do it. No, Come on, Butes. I don't have okay. any uh, idea. You're embarrassing men all over the world. How does this work, Jess? Oh, Seriously. No. Hand it to Jess. No, don't hand it to Jess me. Jess can fire it up. I don't, I've Come got on. no idea. You've got, you got a dead man switch on it, maybe. Uh, the old do you not? Butes. No, we don't know. We don't know about it. What about this one? Oh, yeah, hey, there we go. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. All right, let's go live to the Gold Coast, Jess, and we've got a a former world champion. In mm. fact, the youngest ever. Yeah, the youngest world longboard champ. I mean, she her list of credentials. Uh, we've listed them out for the show, but she has so many things under her belt. She's an incredible role model. I mean, we're going to start claiming her as an Aussie, even though she's originally a Californian. And welcome to the show, Rachel Tilly. Hey guys, how's it going? It's so good. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I mean, like we said, you have such a big list of accomplishments. Um, you went to Bond University. You did your graduate degree there. You're doing, you did sports management. You're working for the World Surf League now in partnerships um, as the coordinator. You're also working on the Double Up podcast with WSL commentator Shannon Hughes. I mean, Rachel... What's what else have you got um, under your belt and accomplishments in the way of surfing industry? <laughs> well, um, you know, like you said, I, I am originally from California. I have been living here in Australia for about three and a half years, and um, which has just been such a great experience. And um, coming over here to get my degree and and just experience living in a different country has been. It's such an eye-opening opportunity and has led to so many different opportunities of, um, you know, just furthering my career. And while I am still competing and still looking to win world titles, I'm also looking, like you said, to just, um, I don't know, make a difference in the sport. And um, most recently, that project has been The Double Up, um, which is a women's surfing podcast that I do with Shannon. And um, yeah, it's just been things are are happening. I'm just trying my hardest to make the most of it, and um, you know, continue to try and do what I feel like will make an impact to the sport as a whole. Now, just a quick side note before we delve deeper into the surfing industry and your career. I mean, your partner is an avid D's fan. You had the grand final win in the AFL. Have you still been celebrating since then? Because I know how intense that night of celebrations was for you guys. How's it been to come down since the um, win for the season? <laughs> well, that was definitely a dramatic night. Um, I have been familiarizing myself with AFL for, well, since I've moved here. Um, yeah, it was a very dramatic night. We were really happy to get the win. Um, Andy has, I think, watched the grand final at least 10 times over now. I can't say I personally have. Um, but, yeah, the celebrations are still happening. There's still decorations, like, hanging around the house and, you know, premiership winners, things around the house. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a good win for them. <laughs> Rachel, it's uh, Steve here. Um, so nice to talk to you on our show this morning. I was watching some video clips of you last night, and 
you know, that there's hundreds of thousands of views of some of your videos, and you talk about <laughs> uh, the late Terry Martin, who was your shaper, but can you give us a bit of a snapshot of growing up in California, the places you surfed, and where you gained this love and brilliance on a longboard? Well, um, yeah, so I grew up in San Clemente, uh, California, which is just about an hour south of L.A. And, um, yeah, it's pretty much like a, a little epicenter for surfing. And it was really embodied into my life and lifestyle from the very beginning. Um, my dad used to be a professional surfer, so he got me into surfing naturally, my brother and I both. And um, it's just kind of what we did as a family. And he and I just took on the competitive side of it and I'm very naturally competitive so it was a great outlet for that and yeah I just took it from there so I came from a great place to, to really you know push that forward and, and a community that breeds a lot of world champions in itself um, just sentiment alone has quite a few so um, yeah definitely was blessed to come from that side of things and but then experiencing even living on the Gold Coast which you know, I feel like everyone knows also is another surfing epicenter of the world and, and definitely Australia. Um, meeting so many talented people over here has been a great experience as well. Now, Rach, I mean, you won your world title um, in China and something of interest to me that you just said in your intro was that you're still looking possibly to win some world titles. Was competing on the Surf League's longboard tour this year an option that maybe couldn't come to fruition because of the COVID lockdown thing? So are you still looking at competing? Yeah, so that was this year was a bit tough because, um, of course, the World Tour went ahead and the Longboard World Tour went ahead. There were two events over in California that took place and I was definitely looking to compete on it. it was, I've been on tour for eight years now and this is the first year that I missed it. Um, which was really disappointing and um, so basically because I'm still just a visa holder here in Australia um, I applied for an exemption my issue was if I left Australia I wouldn't be allowed back in um, and so if I left to go and compete in these events I couldn't come back to my life here and so that meant you know leaving everything and um, it's a pretty big big thing and um yeah so i applied for the exemptions and was really hopeful and unfortunately it was denied so um yeah i had to had to hold out for these events but i'm looking forward to the dates next year and already trying to plan my equipment and just really get into that headspace because one thing i definitely realized from being away from it you know involuntarily because of covid and then of course being kind of like forced from this because of the situation not competing this year um, and having to watch it from the sidelines is that I'm definitely still really passionate about it and still want to win another world title. So um, I'm, I'm starting to already look forward to what next year may be. Yeah, we like the sound of that. We're talking yeah. to Rachel Tilly live from the Gold Coast. Actually, I saw a great video of you. I think it was at Miami Beach uh, on uh, someone's <laughs> longboard. It was a promotional video, but boy, it looks so good. Uh, you're a real inspiration for so many girls and young women because not only were you the youngest ever world champion in longboarding, but you've also done a degree at Bond University, like Jess said, but now you've moved into a role of partnerships coordinator with the World Surf League. Can you tell us about that role and, and working within the industry? Yes, yeah, well, working in the industry has been really eye-opening and 
Um, back in 2017, I started working or serving as the surfer's representative on the women's longboard tour. And so with that, I would start sitting in meetings behind the scenes and, and kind of help be that athlete voice. Um, and in those conversations, I really started to realize like how intricate and, and big the, the backside of making this sport and events happen. Um, you know, where normally I was just used to seeing, I'd show up to the event, compete, and then leave. And um, I just really found a passion for it, which then led me to go get my degree in sports management. And um, yeah, now working at the World Surf League, it's, it's enabled me to really put effort into that backside of the event and helping make the sport what it is. And, and that's what I'm passionate about. So I'm just looking to continue to build experience around that. And um, you know, right now it's a bit of a balance because I'm still looking to be an athlete and a competitor. So, you know, not fully giving up that side. So I am still trying to, to balance both and what that looks like. But yeah, I'm definitely passionate about in moving forward in my career to one day just serve as, you know, help make an impact. And um, it's something I, I just think about in general, like the direction of the sport and um what will be best for the athletes and the integrity of the sport and all of that and um so i hope that you know the effort that i'm putting in right now will help continue to put me in prime position to help make those impacts hey rachel are you able to stay with us for one more mm. break this morning or we understand if the surf is pumping at the alley uh, or <laughs> at the spit at main beach uh you or burley uh you tell us uh, but we'd love to ask you a few uh, more questions after the break yeah, I'll hang on. I, I checked the alley this morning, and, and it's really small, so there's nothing pulling me away. I'll hang on. Yeah, we've got a... The alley is Steve's neck of the woods. Uh, I've had, <laughs> some, had some great surfs at Burley, too, in the last couple of years. Mm. Are uh, we going to reminisce about you and your longboard? Uh, <laughs> I can tell you some track and <laughs> field stories. Oh, oh, no doubt you I, will. I know the audience loved them. Hey, <laughs> I was concerned during that interview mm. that Buttes might actually not off. No, no, I'm good. I was no, keeping no, an eye on him. I'm taking it all in, listening to Rach. And you know what? It was interesting to hear her talk about, you know, behind the scenes and what it meant. You know, when you rock up as an athlete, you just, you don't appreciate or understand what it means and what goes on behind the scenes. And mm. it's great to see what impact Rach has been able to, to see that and wants to make a difference, wants to make a change. And, you know, I have no doubt that she's going to have a great career post but we'll talk about this after the break yeah hey guys uh, just before we go to the break uh mchappy day is coming up now they're great friends of the sen network in fact josh works at mcdonald's yes. and uh, josh is going to roll out the red carpet for us i think we're going to do the show from Bado bay from Bado bay mcdonald's your Ooh, people yeah. are talking to their people it's my spiritual home ground uh, over there, is that right? uh, yeah. there otherwise we can go to hayden smith he owns three mcdonald's the great Great athlete yeah, who's been yeah. on our show. In the lead-up to McHappy Day, Saturday, November 13, grab a pair of silly socks from Maccas for just $5. And, of course, all profits go towards helping seriously ill kids and their families mm. at Ronald McDonald House, who do a mm. sensational job. Off to a break. Back with Rachel Tilly in just a moment. BJ Howes Meadowland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. And we're live from BJ Howes Meadowland. We love it here in Lizaro. Mm. And uh, you know what? There's a big game of cricket. Today's opening day. First day of cricket yeah. in local competition. Two and a half hours till the first ball is bowled oh. in anger. 
And there's a local derby, Narara versus Lizaro. In the second hour, we'll talk to Gary Birkinshaw. Looking forward to this one, the entrance versus Wyong. Jeff Hemming sent me a message last night, the captain of the entrance. Mm. Reigning premiers. He says, Steve-O, the pitch looks outstanding. No excuses today. The best prepared team will get the job done. And he's really happy with the work his guys have done. But more importantly, how they fully understand and appreciate how difficult it is to be reigning premiers on the Central Coast. So oh, wow. uh, they're set to go, ready they to blast ready off. They are ready to go. There's and some serious words there. Let's go back live <laughs> to the Gold Coast, Jess. We're with the youngest ever, youngest ever longboard world champion. Mm. I just received a text from my great mate Pete Lang. He says, longboard should be in the Olympics. Yeah, Rachel, would you like to comment on that? I mean, first of all, the controversial issue of the title of the youngest world champion came up this year. Um, if you would like, I mean, you don't have to comment on it, but if you'd like to shed some light on that situation. Yeah, okay. So two topics I definitely want to talk to there. Um, the topic around the youngest world champion. So that one was, for me, actually was just a personal goal that I set when I was, you know, I want to say around 11 years old. And I don't know, like in memory, I don't really know why in specific I felt like you know, I, I always knew I wanted to become a world champion. I don't know why I put youngest on it, like, to, to make it harder for myself. I don't know. Um, but fortunately, well, when I was 17 years old, um, it was my third time going for the world title, and it was the last year I had the possibility to, you know, try and achieve that, and, and I did end up winning it. So that did make me the youngest. Um, this year, though, I, again, in, the, in longboarding, um, with the tour that just happened, Khalif Paleopa'a, who is a young Hawaiian surfer, um, was 16 years old and was in eligibility contention to win a world title this year. So um, that was something that I was anxiously watching. And, you know, for me, it was, it's not like it's something that I can redo or anything. It's a goal that I achieved that, at that point in time. And, um, you know, I kind of always have said that I do hope it inspires other people to try and you know and and push for it or inspire something in young girls and so yeah it's something that you know actually it would have been a little bit sad to to see it taken away especially because I wasn't there you know to to experience it and and this was the year that I I missed on tour but um Khalif didn't end up winning Honolulu Bloomfield ended up winning her third world title um, and she's a good friend of mine, so that was really, really great to see an achievement for her. Um, but yeah, it was definitely quite, um, I was biting my nails watching that all happen. So, um, so you, re- you retain yeah. the crown. You retain the crown. She's still there. <laughs> and, and records are there to be broken at some stage that may happen, but uh, you're going to put the exactly. death yeah, you're going to put the curse on each and every one of those young longboard <laughs> riders. Rach, we've got to earn it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Rach, we've got around about one minute left. Who are some of your heroes in the sport? Um, some of my heroes in the sport, gosh, like, you know, I there's a lot of focus around shortboarding um, from the sport in general, and I do have heroes such as Steph Gilmore. I think she's um, a really graceful, elegant surfer and, of course, does have a lot of world titles under her belt. Um, but then in the longboarding world, which I don't think gets as 
enough recognition as it deserves because there's some heroes in its own right in, in that discipline. And um, some of those people for me are, are some of just my fellow competitors. You know, on the men's side, I really look to surfers like Justin Quintal and um, Harrison Roach. And on the women's side, I always looked up to Kaylee Moniz. And um, actually, the first year that I ever competed on tour, the very first heat, I was in a heat against Kaylee. And um, I, you know, back in my room at home, I still had a poster of her hanging up in my room. So that was very surreal. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, like, here I am surfing with my heroes. Um, am I supposed to be asking for an autograph here or actually trying to compete? So um, that, that took some adjusting. But, you know, now it's I'm so lucky to brush shoulders with people who I always looked up to in, in my life. And, um, you know, I hope that now in the position that I am in that, I can serve as inspirational inspiration for younger girls and you know hopefully I get to meet them and brush shoulders with them when as they grow up too. Yeah, beautiful. Hey, a standing ovation for yeah. the youngest ever longboard world champion, uh, Rachel Tilly. <laughs> thank you so much. Been so awesome speaking to you live from the Gold Coast. We're off to the news right now. We're back with Mariners head coach Nick Montgomery right after this. BJ Howes Metalland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Live from BJ Howes Metalland on this Saturday morning. Hey, uh, Buttes, you had some more observations about Rachel Tilly, the youngest ever longboard world champion. In fact, another text came through from the great Pete Lang. Yes. You know, life-saving legend. Uh, he's the guy that could beat Grant Kenny on the ski back in the 1980s. And, and he's your partner in crime. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And uh, he says maybe a longboard should be on Butte's Christmas list for 2021. <clears throat> I've got to say, you know what? Last year was meant to be the summer of Buttes where I was going to learn how to surf, right? <laughs> and it didn't happen. I'm going to blame COVID for that. Um, COVID? That's like the biggest no, uptake of surfing ever. <laughs> it was the only opportunity people took to No, I'm going to blame to COVID exercise. for it. I'm going to blame COVID. And I'm trying to come up with an excuse this summer. But maybe I could get out with Jess and she could show me the ropes. And <laughs> You know what? I've got a funny story. My only, the only ever wave I caught was accidental. Because I was paddling out and this whitewash come and when I come to and sort of realised where I was, I was actually heading back into the shore. So I went, oh, well, I might as well catch this. And I stood up for about three seconds. It was probably about 0.3 of a second. But, and then I paddled back out. I went, oh, how good is this? I'll go back out there. So for 45 minutes, I'm out there trying to catch a wave and I'm just going, nothing's happening. Like Everywhere I looked, there was heaps like... I looked to my left. I looked to the right. There were waves everywhere mm. where I was. And then I'd paddle out to the left. Nothing come. Mm. Paddle to the right. Nothing come. And I just went, nah, I'm done. I was going to say that the hardest part is catching the wave. So you did well. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was the accidental wave. Yeah. How, how are you travelling? Happy birthday again, ah, by the way. Mate, I'm great. For our listeners who missed it, it's Butes' birthday. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's go back to Adam in the studio. Adam, have we got... Nick Montgomery, the Mariners head coach, or have we got Matt Graham, Winter Olympics silver medalist? Let us know. Yeah, the uh, the Winter Olympics silver medalist, Matt Graham, oh. is ready to go, guys. Uh, and, yeah, and you know what? I've got a special song for the Winter Olympics silver medalist. We're going back to 1980 with an artist by the name of Diana Ross. I'm hoping that Adam can roll this in right now. Upside down, <laughs> boy, you turn me 
What do I think? I've got to tell you, I don't think <laughs> Matty Graham is using that song to pump himself up as he's going to head down the slopes. But that's what the sport is like. Mogul Matty Graham, standing ovation yes. for a Winter Olympic silver medalist. Good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. And you've got a couple of days left on the coast before you head out to Sweden. Yeah, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, been quite a journey to get to here. And, um, yeah, a couple more days are just kind of soaking up as much sun as possible before we head up north uh, on Monday. So, yeah, it's all getting pretty exciting and pretty busy at the moment getting getting everything ready. You told me that you had some testing done at North Bondi and you actually set some PBs for where you're at at the moment. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so down in... Um, uh, when I'm on the Central Coast, I base myself and train out of the New South Wales Institute of Sport at Homebush. And, um, yeah, just this past week we had a bit of a... A mellow week with training just because at the end of the last couple of days we had some fitness testing stuff just to see where we're all at and um yeah and no, everything's feeling really good and my body's healthy and yeah did really well in the test so kind of ready to get going to be honest matt it's close to well it's less than 100 days away from the winter olympics you know you've had the success only you know a few years ago where you got the podium there and the, the silver medal uh, in your event Mate, how are you feeling right now and, you know, the preparation, where is it at? And, you know, you look at your opponents and, you know, where they're at. How are you feeling with less than 100, 100 days to go before the, the Olympics? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, to be honest. Um, overall, I'd say generally pretty relaxed. I mean, 100 days, it's, it's coming up, but still, still plenty of time to kind of uh, get everything sorted and see where I'm at against the rest of the world. I mean... Pre-COVID, it was, I guess we'd always have, like, throughout the year, we'd have a lot of reference points, um, you know, where we'd be training, whether it's overseas or here in Australia, and you're basically training alongside the rest of the World Cup tour. So you have these reference points. You kind of gauge where you're at, where they're at, whereas at the moment, you know, the last 18 months, we've lost a lot of those reference points because mm. we only see them at competitions these days. Um so, yeah, it's been a little bit strange the last two years, just getting used to that and basically, you know, pretty much just down to what I can do and just trying to maximise myself and then you get to competition and you see where you're at. But I think, um, you know, we were fortunate enough this past domestic season, um, the one just gone, to actually get down to Gindermine and do some quality training at, uh, down at Perisher for July and August, which is really good. Now, Matty, you're just saying that without that reference, um, does that affect you as the current world number one, I believe, for your division? Like, when you're going into competition this season, are you thinking, oh, sweet, I'm number one? Like, uh, you kind of have that confidence? Or do you feel that extra added pressure to try and defend that position and to show up and kind of blow up in that um, number one spot? Um, yes, definitely. You know, this is a position I've never really been in, to be honest. I've been... Um I guess, you know, number two, number three, a lot, a lot of the time because the sport's kind of been dominated by one man from Canada, Mikhail Kingsbury, basically since I've been around. So it's um, last year he had a bit of a tough season. He kind of got injured early on, so he missed a few events and that kind of put him out of contention. So it really opened the door for myself and a few other athletes who were kind of, you know, were always sort of right on Mikhail's heels uh, but never able to kind of, you know, get on top of him so it kind of opened the door for one of us to step up and take home the World Cup title last year and um, yeah, I was able to do that which was pretty awesome so this year just going in I mean 
I'll just try approach it like, like like I do every other year and not really focus too much on um, you know those sort of external things and just focus on my performances and and my training and then um, you know the results should be a byproduct of that I believe. Yeah, Jess, earlier in the year, Matty got a uh, crystal globe. It's a, a beautiful trophy that you get for being number one in the world. Matty, so when you fly out, you're in Sweden for a month, is that correct? And then first World Cup is in, it's always in Ruka in Finland. But then are you away between now and the Winter Olympics in Beijing? Yes, once, once I head over, that's it. It's, um, you know, we'll be over more or less training and competing the whole time. It's... Um, and really, it's going to be, I guess, last year's World Cup too. I missed out on a lot of events. And last year's World Cup season is part of the Olympic qualifying period. So um, because we missed a lot of events last year, um, the FIS, the, I guess the organising body, Federation, they're um, more or less trying to jam back as many events in as possible to allow, I guess, like, to give people the best chance to qualify and, and to make up for events that we missed last year. So... Pretty much from the first uh, first weekend of December all the way through to the end of January, we're pretty much competing week in, week out around the world. And then um, we have a couple of weeks break over Christmas, New Year's. But besides that, yeah, we'll more or less just be on the road, which, I mean, it's exciting, but it's also, uh, it is can be tricky and quite taxing for everyone. So, you know, I guess you know, going into it in, in, I guess going into the season being healthy and fit is uh, very important, which... I've managed to do so now it's just about maintaining that and um, getting through the season as best I can so by the time February comes around I'm not too tired and sore so I can kind of produce my best stuff there. Matty talking about producing your best stuff and I know that you know for years now we've talked about the buttes and you know how you're going to pull that out <laughs> at some stage what have we what's what have we got up your sleeve mate? what do you got up your sleeve that is going to just absolutely blow your opposition off the park yeah because he's had the cork 10 the double off axis sure. 180 yeah all those things the Datsun 120B <laughs> correct uh, what have we got mate yeah so I guess um, well these days you know without with mobile skiing, we have two jumps that we have to execute, and um, and everyone's continually pushing, you know, their degree of difficulty and trying new things and stuff like that. And um, last season, when I was overseas, actually, you know, we we're in the basically isolated in the north of Finland for like two months or so, and it was just like a really good training period. We, you know, we weren't able to travel uh, to compete really much. We didn't know what was going on, and um, I more or less just knuckled down and trained, you know, trained my heart out for a couple of months and managed to more or less perfect a new uh, skill that I do on the top jump, which is called a back double full. So it's a straight of a backflip with two full rotations. Um, and I think last year that's really just kind of, that kind of gave me the edge to, I guess, get on top of the guys who normally, you know, I'm really competitive with. Um, so that's, you know, more or less the goal. Like come Olympics, to be able to execute my top degree difficulty run, which includes, you know, the back double full and then also an off-axis 1080 on the second jump. So I can combine that with you know, some fast, really good quality skiing, then, um, you know, that's, I think, definitely good enough to get me a, get me a medal. It'll just, uh, you know, the colour, I guess, is kind of the, the uh, I guess, the big question mark, and it, that, you know, that also comes down to how everyone else goes as well. Yeah, and don't forget, it, this will be his third Winter Olympics. Matty, I've got a thousand questions for you, but my next one is about Nicola McDermott's coming up in a few moments' time, Olympic silver medalist in the high jump. Have you been inspired by the performances of fellow Central Coast athletes and athletes from around the world at this year's Olympic Games that we, at one stage, we thought they may not even go ahead and then we saw absolute brilliance in Tokyo? 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I guess the Tokyo Olympics was super inspiring. I mean, there was such a long period there with not a whole lot of worldwide sport. Um, and I felt like, you know, Tokyo just more or less brought not only Australia together, but the whole world, which was pretty awesome. And um, mm. and then obviously, yeah, you know, having Nicola do so well with the, the um, in the high jump and come home with the silver was unbelievable. You know, she really just knuckled down and executed and stuck to a game plan, it looked like. And obviously you can see in so many of the photos and the videos, I guess the, the relief and the satisfaction that, you know, she felt on that night. And that's something I've been fortunate enough to experience um, you know, three and a half years ago. So it definitely did inspire the winter team. We were down, we were down training at Jindabyne and we had the, uh, you know, at our institute gym there, we had it all set up with, you know, um, green and gold flags and Aussie flags everywhere. And, um, yeah, it was pretty cool to watch. And more or less, I don't think our TV turned off Channel 7 for two weeks, which was pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, can you believe these two, uh, they've battled it out for Central Coast Sports Person of the Year, Nicola and Matt, for about the last four or five years. Matty, I did see a teaser for a show on Channel 7 last night, and I, I think it's going to be pretty hard to watch, but it'll also be uplifting at the same time, and it would be a teammate of yours, uh, Alex Chumpy Pullen, and a special focus on his partner who, uh, I don't know whether it's a spoiler alert, that she was about to have a baby, so... Is that something you'll be watching closely? Yeah, so um, I guess the winter sport community is really, you know, we've always been super close-knit and really uh, really friendly with each other across all disciplines because we are such a small community at that, you know, that high end and stuff. So it's um, when we do go to Olympic Games and go to, I guess, national teams sort of get-togethers and social gatherings, like we're all really good mates. And you know, last year with, with Chumpy passing was such a tragedy and um, it really impacted the whole community. I guess in such a strong way, um, you know, and it definitely, I guess, taught a lot of us that you can't take life for granted, and uh, things can change in a heartbeat. And um, yeah, I, you know, met his partner Elodie quite a few times, and um, yeah, the fact that she just managed to uh, give birth to Chumpy's child is pretty special, and um, they had a little girl. So I think that's you know hopefully given her some some clarity and some grounding for, uh, I guess, her to, you know, continue to live her life and enjoy enjoy her her future experiences. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Mm. I think it happened about 18 hours ago, and uh, so that's a special that's going to be on Channel 7. Mate, we're live from VJ Howe's Meadowland. We love it here, and, and I know that they've had a long association with a business that you love, Robson Civil Projects. Yeah, so that's... Uh, I guess my grandfather Peter Robson is, um, you know, more or less started took the comp- company over from his his father, uh, however many years ago, and um, obviously it's pretty, you know, well I guess, um, you know, it's a, quite an established family business here on the Central Coast, and um, my older brother is actually is a project project engineer for the company, and you know, my cousin's a diesel mechanic and. My uncles are kind of there running the, running the show a little bit. But, yeah, it's such a big, strong community there. And, um, yeah, maybe one day I'll be there working my way up, up the ranks to Robson. So it's, uh, yeah. it's really... I, I think he's been uh, groomed. No, he's been on the podium, to, for sure. I tell you, mate, he's been groomed for the top job. There's no yeah, doubt yeah. about that. Yeah, let's, let's rise as one. <laughs> he flies out on Monday for Sweden. We'll be catching up with him for uh, NBN Television on Monday morning. And then he's, he's off to Europe and uh, best wishes mate so great to talk to you this morning on SEN thank you guys 
Matty Graham, Winter Olympic silver medalist from Pyeongchang, one of the greatest nights of sport mm. I have ever seen. Next, we'll talk to a young lady speaking of great nights oh, in sport. Wow. It was a super Saturday in Tokyo. Nicola McDermott won silver. She's coming up next on SEN. BJ Howes Metalland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. Live from BJ Howes Metalland, the main man showing up, Steve Dawson, and hopefully we'll get him on the air soon. I know he's got a lot of commitments at the moment. Uh, he may have slapped a media ban <laughs> on himself. You know, I'd love... I'm trying love, to ignore you. <laughs> I, I really love great business stories, and I, I asked the boys inside what it was like through the extended lockdown, and they said they've been busier than ever. Mm. And that is fantastic to hear, because, yeah, a lot of businesses found it tough through lockdown. Yep. I dare say that a lot of people found themselves at home with a bit of time on their hands and thought, you know what, I might do a little bit of renovations. Yep. I wasn't one of those people, but... <laughs> I can assure didn't you. learn to surf. Didn't do home no. renovations. What did you, you do? You, you COVID. COVID. <laughs> you know Everything what? was COVID. I'll tell you what COVID. went out the door the most. Uh, welders. Mm. Hey, Butes, could you name what's in front of us? No. Like, we've not. got the Milwaukee gear here. I've got some sort of some sort of power tool here. I, I, I'm assuming, Jess, that you put some sort of head mm. or socket on here yeah. that then creates... <laughs> mm. But all I care about is the noise. It sounds good. Yeah, and don't, <laughs> don't forget, there's so many redemption deals today on Milwaukee. So if you buy a Milwaukee product, you'll get some kind of bonus. Bonus. Well, what did you call it, Buttes? It's an ad. It's an ad. Value add. Value add. Mm. I like value it. add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got this other thing, this grinder thing. That... It's got some power there. Uh, They've taken the blade off. We are lucky that they took that blade off. Aren't yeah. we? <laughs> have, have we mentioned it's your birthday? Yeah, apparently we have. Congratulations, mate. Hey, let's go to our next guest. Olympic Games silver oh. medalist in the high jump. We're starting the standing O, but as we do, let's roll in a special track that we've got for Nicola McDermott. Where do you come up with stuff? <laughs> too, too much time on oh, Friday night. Really? Uh, the other track I would have liked to have rolled in for Nicola McDermott was Stairway to Heaven. Mm. Uh, Nicola, good morning. So nice to have you on our show. Morning, Steve. Morning, Beats. Morning, everyone that's there. That sounds um, like the track for the Saturday. Yeah, you know what we wanted to do? We actually wanted to set up the high jump mats. We wanted to welcome you back to the Central mm. Coast. Uh, congratulations. I know you've been home for a while now and you spent some time on the Wit Sundays, but you're back into training every Saturday morning with your coach, Matt Horsnell. Tell us more. Yeah, so back training every day apart from Sunday. Um, so I just finished my session at Spoon Bay and that was, that was a tough one today. So um, I don't think I'd be jumping over anything after that. <laughs> Nicola, talk us through... Your experience over in Tokyo. Tokyo, yes. <laughs> uh, sorry, Tokyo. Can, can we just tell Nicola what's happened here? <laughs> no, no, uh, it's good. Be- Butch, it's his birthday, and I think he came direct from the Crown Plaza to BJ House after a wild uh, night of celebrations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was almost like I was celebrating a silver medal or something. <laughs> Nicola, just talk us through that experience in, in Tokyo. Like, you know what? It's amazing to be able to sit at home and watch what you were able to do and I think you captivated so many people um, that 
did or didn't have an interest in high jump, but what you were able to provide on that night was just absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, just talk us through that whole experience. Yeah, well, I think um, Tokyo was very different as far as as an athlete in the village because um, it was COVID. So we didn't have the big parades going through the village or you're meeting up with people and you're making those memories in the village. So I knew in myself, I said, well, if I'm going to make this like for the memories and I want to have fun at the Olympics, it has to be in the stadium when I'm competing. Like, that's why I'm here. Mm. Um, and so I was I was basically in my room for two weeks. It doesn't sound the, the most social, but I was just, you know, just sitting there and just dreaming of, okay, so, you know, if I get the gold medal, how do I want to win the Olympics? Like, how would I want to do it? And uh, I could spend two weeks of really preparing myself because I knew I'd done all the training. I knew that you can't undo 16 years of training. So by the time I'd actually gotten to the competition, I was just in my element. I thought, this is where I want to be. I'm no one prepared. I couldn't do anything more than what I've done. Let's just go out there and have fun. And um, that's what I did. Hi, Nicola. It's Jesse with the fellas this morning. I mean... For me, touching on what Butch just spoke about, you became an, oh, I became your instant fangirl watching that final over in Tokyo and I was up, uh, you know, on my couch standing. I don't think I've been so enthusiastic about a sport and something that I don't do, you know, personally in my life either. But I had goosebumps, I had tears, I was just absolutely <laughs> emotionally involved in your yeah. performance. And I feel like have, since you've returned, have you seen... Um, the difference uh, and maybe some of the uptake for people becoming um, bigger fans of yours and bigger fans of the sport? Yeah, well, I think it's just, I mean, that was my heart. Is I didn't want to just do it for myself and I wanted to inspire other people in, in the process of it. And after, I think online, it sort of it blew up. I didn't realise just how popular High Jump was. But then in returning home, it's been amazing just to hear the people behind the messages. Um, so I've had people come up to me, just even in the street at the post office, like, you know, they, they say, I watched your jumping and it inspired me. And then this is what I've done after watching you do the jump. And I thought, wow, like if this is what is possible with an Olympic platform, then um, it's given me even more motivation to keep jumping because it's, it's actually impacting people, which is amazing. Hey, Jess, have you got goosebumps now? Oh. I do, yeah. I think yeah, she's an incredible... You know what, the thing about sport. it is, and I'll say this, Nicola, I don't think it was necessarily about what you do. I think it's about, you know, whether it was high jump, whether it was long jump, it, it was irrelevant what you were doing. I think it's the way you went about it. And, and I hear that now in, you know, the way you're speaking to us. It is so, so refreshing. It's so, you know, the fact that you talked about what you did the two weeks leading up to and how you were thinking about what can you do to make this experience as good as it possibly could have been. And it just shows, for me, you know, that's your, that is your greatest legacy, not so much about mm. what you're doing out on the track, just that inspiration that you provide and, and what you give people to that. You know, I was there at home clapping. Yeah. You know, when, yes. when she was clapping, I was yelling out, oh, yeah. come on, yes, every yeah. time you did it. Because 
I just wanted to be a part of it. Like, I was along for the ride. Yeah, it was mm. it was amazing. Can you talk to us? I know that there's been uh, massive feedback worldwide about The Notebook. Mm. Uh, we, we want to ask about that, of course. I want to talk about Zurich because Nicola cleared 205 and a breath of wind blew the bar off. Yep. Now, that is four centimetres off the world record. But uh, let's start because so many people... Uh, and don't forget, too, it was prime time on a Saturday. That's right, Nick. So, so many people were exposed to the sport for the first time. Yeah, well, it's, it's just crazy because... Okay, so the Olympics, the, it, was, it was perfect. It was Saturday night. It was lockdown. So, people that have no idea about higher jumps were just stuck at home. So, they thought, well, we may as well watch this medal hope. We'll see what she does. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's gotten infatuated with high jump. But then my season didn't stop after the Olympics. Um, that's one mm-hmm. thing I'm struggling with now because everyone brings me back to Tokyo. I said, Tokyo was just one competition. I did five extra after in Europe. Um, and there was, there was better performances, I would say, even personally for me. So it's, you know, I'm like, no, we've actually... You need to keep on the journey. Like, we're still going. Um, and then in Zurich, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was, I was quite tired. I wasn't peaking. I was peaking at the Olympics. So what happened to our program is, you know, you, you plan everything very, very particular to make sure I'm in peak form at the Olympics. And then we're just sort of holding on for dear life for the other competitions and just see what happens because we can't keep on training. We sort of have to modify it. And then um, I cleared 201, make no misses, and then attempt 205, and it just falls off. And it's, it just blew my mind. And so it's, it's cool to have other people on the journey now, and they got to experience that because they were interested in the Olympics. Uh, Nicola, do you have a few more moments this morning? We fully understand if you've got to move on and go to your next training session, but uh, I can see these guys want to pepper you with mm. more questions. Uh, what's it going to be, yes or no? Yeah, we can do a couple more questions. <laughs> All right, yes! Yeah. Come on! Uh, Come on, yeah. yeah. give us another Nicola McDermott. <laughs> Look to the heavens. Come on! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I'll tell you what else. I move emotion. Butte and I should have a high jump competition. Oh, yeah. Because Steve-O. And <laughs> oh, here we go. Back in. Steve-O circa 1985 was the Gold Coast champion, clearing 1 metre 75. Or would wow. you believe, actually, I stretched the truth. I was the Palm Beach Grumman high school champion and ran second in the Gold Coast titles. There you go. There you go. Do you, could you clear 175? Probably not. That's pretty big. I don't think you could these days either, to be honest. <laughs> Two old guys. We'll go down to Mingara on a Saturday morning. We'll do the show live from Mingara. Why not? We'll do an 800-meter run. That oh. was my specialty. Oh. Or the 1500, if you like. Jeez. You should do it with headphones on and do the live broadcast but, as you're competing. Hey, Adam's talking to us back at headquarters. Mm. What are you saying, Adam? I was just saying, yeah, you should do all that while you're broadcasting, too. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right, we're off to the news. Back with Nicola right after this. BJ Howes Meadowland, the coast tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
Yeah, we're back live at BJ Howes, and uh, is that Steve Dawson, the main man here, trying to run away from oh, our look, broadcast we've got him area? Raised yes, tails. he is. Hey, hey, Steve, great to see you, mate, and thanks hey, so boy. much. It's awesome to be back here, and congratulations on your fundraiser too. So we heard a little bit about that in the first hour. Can you tell us more for the Westpac Rescue helicopter? Yeah, yeah. My um, well, as a business, BJ House Meadowland have supported the Westpac Rescue helicopter for oh, I'd be coming on ten years. Yeah. Um, with a couple of other businesses, we formed an alliance to help sponsor some of their events to keep them going. Um, and at the moment, they haven't been able to have many of their events because of COVID, so they're they're a bit short. And so they come up with a fundraising um, initiative, the base to base. And um, my my partner Sarah Pope, she um, it was her idea to form the team, and um, we all jumped on board. And, um, we've been running and walking and riding and yeah, it's um, awesome. So how how can we donate? Um, well, if you go to um, I'll tell you what we'll do. Facebook, we'll share it yeah. on our Facebook page today. Yeah, yeah, do that. Hey, what um, have you got there? What, what have we have we got? Some glasses, oh, no. chandeliers. I'm renovating my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, a COVID project. Yeah. Just hey, uh, a message has co- message has come through. Surely BJ House stock a tool that will extract the questions from Michael Butner a little quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that from? From uh, well, I can't reveal my sources. I reckon it's an arc. <laughs> Is it the narc? No. no, it's not the narc. Hey, great to see you. Thanks for your support of the show too. Nah, too easy, guys. Thanks for that. Steve Happy Dawson from BJ House. We're we're about to go back to Nicola McDermott. Oh, can you yes. start? Can you start it again? The Nicola McDermott wind up. Come on! Yeah, great stuff. And uh, Jess, you've got another question for Nicola McDermott, the silver medalist from Tokyo in the high jump. Yeah, Nick, what uh, what did your little off-season look like if you've had one since um, your European leg? How's it been being back? I think Steve alluded to you being in the Wit Sundays and how he had a chance to just wind down from pretty crazy season for yourself. Yeah, so I, um, I competed and then I was able to get a flight quite um, within the week after I finished competing and uh, was in quarantine for two weeks. And after the quarantine for two weeks um, in Brisbane, I could spend a week with my best friend in in Queensland. And um, I was still started back training that week, um, so not really an off season as such. But we could spend a few days um, in Hamilton Island, which was just amazing. And uh, and then after that, we straight back into training on the coast that day. Hey, Nicola, uh, I really want to talk about two of your key rivals now. I just want to show off and say their names on the air. So, Maria Lasitskina mm. and Yaroslava Mahuchik. Uh, so, mm. yourself and those two young ladies, and then if we throw in the other Aussie, Eleanor Patterson, who came fifth in the Olympic Games and mm. led the competition for quite a while. I mean, between all of you guys, you're really going to push in the next couple of years close to that world record mark, which has stood since the 1980s, I believe, 209. Yeah, well, I think that's the best thing. Like when it comes to sport, if if one person's doing well, we we all get lifted to to not settle. Like, um, and I think my two my two main competitors, Yaroslava and Maria, they're just phenomenal athletes, and to be jumping with them and attempting those heights that are so close to the world record, 
um, I think we, we, that's going to be our norm soon. And if our normal is like that, then we'd, we'll be raising the bar. And I really do believe that 210 will, will be coming in higher um, just because we're, we're consistent in jumping over two metres. And I think as well, Eleanor, she's been so close this season and there's, there'll be a lot of girls over two metres, I can imagine, in the next few years. What I love about, you know, this is a group of young girls that are taking, you know, high jump to a, to a whole different level now. And I'm loving that aspect. Nicola, what I did find is that, no, no, keep those tools away from me. What I do love is, uh, and I remember you talking at our Danica Clark, uh, one of our functions, about how, as such a young athlete, you didn't want to um, compare yourself to the world's best because you were so far away from it now you are one of those world's best like how do how do you put yourself in this situation now where you just keep striving and striving to go higher and higher what's the key for you now yeah i think um the best thing if you if you really watch the three of us that are at the very top uh we are completely different in our approach to high jump we train different we actually jump different we look different we have um you know we act different and so i have to be quite original and in who i am and authentic and um i know the weaknesses that i need to work on as in my strengths and and i just i think just continue on the mindset that i'm doing i'm not comparing me to the other athletes i'm just doing what i need to do and if it looks different that's okay as long as we get over that bar it doesn't really matter can i ask a two-pronged question we, we can't tell your story without mentioning matt horsnell uh what mm. a phenomenal coach what just a gentleman of the sport mm. like i love matt horsnell but also since you've been back have you had a lot of speaking engagements particularly i, I think i've seen on social media that you've held some uh sermons like is that a pathway that you see yourself going down and also since you've been back have you actually completed your degree? I think I saw something last mm. night. I mean, congratulations. That is amazing. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, well, it's just been a bit of a whirlwind when I came back in quarantine. I was studying for my final exam and I hadn't studied since May. I just I just left that on the on the, you know, on my emails and went, "Oh, I'll study for that when I come back." So, I wasn't too sure if I was going to pass that one, but I did. So, biochemistry degree done. Thank you. Um, but uh, and then when I was back as well, a lot of churches. When I was was at the Olympics, I, I did mention my faith quite publicly, and they were quite inspired by that. So I had the opportunity to speak at a few churches while in Queensland and um, in New South Wales as well. Now being back, and I think that's a real joy that I have because I can share my experience with God in sports which is, um, I think, really interesting for people to hear because they don't think it can... They don't think the two mix together well, but, in fact, it does because faith is... You, you just bring it into your workplace and field of play. It's not separate. So that's just been a real... Um, yeah, that's been a joy of mine, and I think I'll keep doing it definitely in the future as well. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, well... You're, you're speechless I am, for the I, first time this morning. Possibly. possibly. You know what, Nicola, you are amazing, absolutely amazing. And, you know, you everything that you stand for and everything that you do as an individual, again, goes far beyond 
what you do on the track. Yeah, you know, my kids, they actually go, Dad, Nicola's like your second daughter. Like, they actually, they said that I, I mentioned Nicola so often about mm. her character. Uh, let's forget about her as an athlete, but as a fancy doing a biochemistry degree Correct. while you're traveling the world trying to compete in the Diamond League and also the Olympics. Uh, Nicola, we rise as one. We do rise. At BJ House for an Olympic silver medalist. Big year in 2022 with the Commonwealth Games and also the World Championships. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence on this Saturday morning. Oh, thank you so much for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. Yeah, we'll catch up soon. Nicola mm. McDermott. We're off to a... Uh, I'm serious about that high jump competition. Yeah, bring it on, mate. And, bring it on. And one more time. Can you give us the Nicola McDermott Tokyo <sighs> preparation? Start the clap. Look to the heavens. Jess Grimwood doing this too. All right. Hit me with a come on. Come on! All right. <laughs> is, was that a bit of Leighton Hewitt? I think yeah, that was a, that was a Nicola Hewitt or a yes. Leighton McDermott. I think, and we just blew the speakers back at HQ. We're off to a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about opening day of the Central Coast cricket season and also the T20 World T20 Cup. T20 World Cup. Ooh, in just a moment. Happening. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Meadowland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. We're live from BJ Howes Meadowland in Lizaro, loving the show this morning. This second hour has been, I think there's one word, phenomenal. Or two words two in words, your case. outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> Matty Graham. Followed by Nicola McDermott, Winter Olympic silver wow. medalist, Tokyo Olympian and silver medalist. And uh, Nick Montgomery was going to join us. The A-League draw is out now, and the Mariners will start with the Jets away in round one. We'll call all of these matches, by the way, on SEN. With Quaz? Myself and Adam Quaznick. Wow. Best in the business. Even calling Jets matches, so really looking forward to that. And then the Mariners are home for two blockbusters, Sydney FC followed by Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, New Year's Eve game is back, so the Mariners will host MacArthur, mm. the team that knocked us out in last year's final series. Uh, we've also signed a Brazilian. It was announced last night, probably the worst-kept secret. I think the Mariners fans, they'd already altered his Wikipedia page. But Maresh, uh, Matthias Maresh, Brazilian, played youth international for his country uh, and has been in Singapore where he scored 11 goals in 21 appearances. Yeah, nice. And he's 23. So normally, mm. normally someone's coming out here when they're 33. Yes, we're getting him at a, a good age and hopefully he can have an impact here. Yeah, absolutely. So Nick Montgomery, he'll be our, he'll be our first guest next, next week. week. Let's go to Gary Birkinshaw. Opening day of local cricket. Can't wait for this. We're around about... One hour and 40 minutes away from the first ball being bowled in anger. And Burko, good morning, mate. We might start with, there's a local derby just down the road from us. Is it Narara versus Lizaro? Yeah, good morning, Steve. Great to be back. Fantastic man. Cricket, uh, cricket back and around. It's been a little bit of a late start. But, yeah, nothing like a big local derby to get things fired up. And that's uh, Narara taking on Lizaro out at Point Clare there. So it uh, should be a good game. And the beauty of round one is everyone starts equal and... Uh, and look, a bit of feeling out. Preparation probably hasn't been as good as it could have been with the lockdown and restrictions that we've had. But look, all the boys are just keen to get out on the paddock. Yeah, I've received a text already from Jeff Hemming. He sent me a pitch report, Tony Gregg style. <laughs> and the entrance, so the reigning Premier's back in business. They'll take on Wild. 
Yeah, look, should be a really good game. Listen, Jeff loves his pitch. He's a curating guru and uh, yeah, loves sending photos in there. But, yeah, the defending premiers are looking really, really strong again. They haven't really lost anyone from last year. But I think today they're coming up against Wong, who are going to be the real Smokies this year. They've uh, won the premiership two years ago, fell off the, the perch last year, but they picked up, a, or not picked up, the returning of some, some of their really good younger players who've been in Sydney and one up in Queensland who will make a real big difference to Wong. And, and I think they, they could really test the entrance. Hey, Burke, it's Jesse with the voice. <laughs> um, sorry, we're having a very good morning on the show this morning. It is Butes' birthday. I'm not sure if you got a chance to wish him happy birthday yet. <laughs> but, uh, oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday Butes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> just, a, just a question. I mean, men's and women's players, who are the ones to watch coming into this season? I know it's a little bit trickier without that, um, I guess, uh, pre-season or people out in the open training. So who have we got to watch for men's and the women's? Yeah, look, good question. I reckon for the men's, a really exciting um, return back to the coast of the youngster by the name of Sean Eaton. He's actually a Central Coast junior. Went down at a young age and played uh, for Ramwick in Sydney. Now he's come back and he's captain coach of, uh, of Brisbane Water, who are back in first grade this year after a two-year absence. So it's really great to have them back. So I reckon he'll have a, a really big influence back on, on the coast. And I think the other two that come back from Wyong is Jack Harrison, Harry Townsend, one of some good young young kids who, who went down to Sydney, did, did well down there in the lower grades, and they'll come back and make a big difference. But you rightly mentioned the women. Fantastic. Uh, the women's combat just continues to grow on the Central Coast. And this year we've got 15 teams playing. They play across two divisions. So... Uh, it should be really, really good, and I, I think some of the some of the good players. You got Amy Cunningham, who who actually is captaining the Lizero side, so she's she's a really good player on the coast, uh, and um, so really excited to see how they go. Rebecca Cullen up at Northern Power, she's also another powerful powerful hitter of the ball. So just a number of young players, young women now who are coming and playing through the game is fantastic. So really excited for not only the men's competition, but certainly the women's competition as well. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I saw Sean Millicamp yesterday for NBN TV, the Mariners Chief Executive Officer, and I said, if you're a young girl at the moment, you'd be looking at football or cricket. Like, after seeing the Matildas play Brazil yep. this week, two of the greatest friendly matches I've ever seen. And what the atmosphere was like from the Brazilian crowd, but the, the Matildas winning the first leg and then a draw in the second leg, and we saw Marta come out here. But, you know, we've had the WBBL on as well. Yep. Like, if you're a young girl and you go down either of those pathways, imagine if you played football. You could go and play in the U.S. college system, which is massive. Yep. Cricket, you could play anywhere in the world at the moment. So There's so, so many great opportunities yeah. for young ladies out there. Berko, I want to touch on uh, quickly the, <clears throat> excuse me, the T20 World Cup. Uh, the Aussies doing well so so far. Uh, two wins, uh, win over South Africa and Sri Lanka just recently. And good to see Dave Warner getting back in form. He has been struggling of late. Yeah, look, they've had two really good wins. Yeah, they're under under the pump they're going into this this tournament, a tournament that they've never won. Um, so under their they've, they've, their form, their T Twenty form hasn't hasn't been great, but they've been really solid in the in the first two games. The South Africa game, they really had to grind out. A win, and they did that well at the death. And they're really strong against um, Sri Lanka, so they're looking pretty good. And as you mentioned, David Warner back in form. When when him and Fitch are going at the top of the order, you know we look a much better side. And you know, big game tomorrow against England. But I think we're travelling pretty well. Yeah, I was. I thought the win over South Africa was outstanding. Josh Hazelwood in particular. Adam mm. Zampa was man of the match in the second game. The the numbers for David Warner, by the way. So he's uh, hit 65 off 42. Yep. And uh, we. Send our condolences to the family of Ashley Mallett, who's passed away 
in the last 24 hours. And of course, he did his best work before our time. His last one day international was in the mid 70s, but he played over 30 tests for Australia. Burko, thanks for your time, mate. We'll talk to you next weekend on Saturdays on the coast. Time to wrap it up, folks. It is done. Great Butes, show. Butes, happy birthday, mate. <laughs> Thank you, mate. And great to be here at BJ House Middle End. They did a great job. Thank you for hosting us. And if you do need anything, Milwaukee products, you know where to come. Yeah, Jess, great to see you. Mm, thank you for having me once again, guys. It's been good right here at BJ. If you missed anything at all, so Maddie Graham or Nicola McDermott or Rachel Tilly, just go to the Catch Up podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week, Saturdays on the coast.